Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder and CEO of Web3 Labs, and this is your week in blockchain on Monday, the 12th of July, 2021. The highlights this week include more on Binance's regulatory woes. Circle, the creator of the stablecoin USDC, is planning on going public. Wyoming has legally recognized its first DAO. Aave's upcoming pro-platform launch is coming soon for institutional DeFi, and over $1 billion has been spent using crypto visa cards in the first half of 2021. Binance's regulatory woes are continuing. Uh, the, the latest issue that's hit them this week includes uh, Barclays, so UK customers are no longer able to use uh, debit or credit cards issued by Barclays to actually transfer funds uh, onto the platform. Uh, the line being taken here with Barclays is that they, uh, they've done this in order to help protect their customers' money just because of you know, some of the, the scams that have been running on top of the platform. Uh, this is, it's been nearly two weeks since the, the UK's Financial Conduct Authority said that Binance Markets uh, wasn't actually authorised to run crypto operations in the UK. However, Binance have come back and countered this, this news from Barclays by pointing out the fact that the advisory by the, the FCC in the UK doesn't actually affect services provided via their website, Binance.com, which is where the exchange uh, operates on. And so the, their view is, is that uh, Barclays have, you know, their response is over the top there and they, they haven't really interpreted the FCA guidance properly. Binance has, however, suspended deposits from key uh, a key European payments network uh, in that it's not going to be accepting payments for, via SEPA going forward. And apparently this was caused by events beyond their control. Uh, so the CCP is actually used for allowing people to actually move euros between uh, diff different countries. And uh, Binance has said that the you know, stopping this support will be temporary. The CEO of Binance, CZ, in, in all of this as well, he's you know, been responding to the, the regulatory issues that have come up, saying that you know, the compliance is a journey. Uh, and he's, he's said that his view is kind of it's, it's part of you know, what comes with the territory of having grown you know, as fast as they can. There's only so much they can do with, with respect to embracing all of the, the regulatory guidelines and, and laws in different jurisdictions. And so um, his view there, it's not that, of course, they're trying to circumvent it in any way, but it's just that it takes time for them to actually you know, build up and actually respond in the way they need to for these different jurisdictions. But of course, given how fast their growth has been, certainly seems that um, you know, from the perspective of a lot of regulators, they haven't been as responsive as an organization of their size should be uh, in, in this space. Circle, the creator of the USDC stablecoin, are planning to go public later this year at a $4.5 billion valuation. They're planning to do this um, via a merger with Concord Acquisition Corp, which is a publicly traded special purpose acquisitions company, uh, which is led by the former CEO of Barclays Bank, Bob Diamond. Uh, this transaction will actually value Circle at $4.5 billion, and this is fresh off the back of their more recent $440 million fundraise, uh, which was completed in May, which was actually the largest venture round that had ever been performed by a crypto startup. The, the intent um, is that they'll actually trade on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, and again, they expect the actual transaction to close in the fourth quarter of uh, 2021. 
ones are subject to um, you know, the relevant approval from shareholders of Circle and Concord. Visa have reported that more than $1 billion has been spent using crypto-linked cards in 2021. This is just going from January through to June of this year. What Visa have done is they've teamed up with a number of different uh, exchanges and other company, crypto companies that enable people to pay with Visa cards at point of sale. And at that point of sale, the actual crypto, crypto on the account with the, the, the exchange or the crypto company holding the assets is then converted straight into fiat to actually um, you know, make good on that transaction. So from the merchant's perspective, those people who are actually accepting these crypto payments, it's just like any other Visa transaction where they do actually get paid in fiat. But at the same time, it shows that you know, there is adoption of people actually using these cards to spend their crypto. That being said, there's still quite a big narrative, of course, around HODL in the uh, cryptocurrency space. And, and you know, a lot of people are just holding on to these assets for the long run for their you know, um, broader growth potential there. So you know, whether, whether it uh, you know, continues to gain traction remains to be seen. But nonetheless, you know, $1 billion is a pretty impressive number here. Visa have also uh, said how they ha actually have 50 active partnerships, um, which is up from 35, which was just four months ago. And uh, this is 50 crypto firms that they've actually partnered up with um, where they're you know, launching um, debit or credit cards. Um, so it includes like the partnerships they have with Coinbase, Binance, Crypto.com, you know, a num number of others are getting involved here as well. Other crypto news, uh, Grayscale have actually added significant weighting to Cardano in their large cap fund. The majority of this fund is currently invested in Bitcoin and Ether, which makes up almost 90% of it. But then now they've allocated over 4% uh, ADA, the token of Cardano, which shows that it, it makes up the majority of the remaining allocations. This clearly is a bullish message coming from Grayscale in terms of their view on the potential for Cardano. Now, Cardano isn't as far along as some of the other leading third generation platforms insofar as they, they haven't yet um, launched their smart contract development capabilities, but they're certainly on the cusp of doing that. And um, you know, as, as a result, the number of applications being built is somewhat lower compared with some of the other third generation platforms like, say, you know, Polkadot, for instance. Um, but that being said, we expect this to change significantly. And with what Grayscale have done here, it obviously shows that there's a lot of an anticipation that there's going to be a lot of growth in terms of adoption of Cardano. Sotheby's, uh, we spoke about last week, how they were uh, selling a diamond where they'd accept crypto payments. They've managed to sell this diamond uh, in cryptocurrency in, in a Hong Kong auction to an anonymous buyer. And this was for a 101.38 carat diamond, um, which sold for $12.3 million. Uh, they said that you know this was a big milestone in the adoption of uh, cryptocurrencies. And this is the second largest pear-shaped diamond uh, ever to appear on the public market, which was came originally from the company Diacor. Crypto.com, the exchange and uh, crypto card payments provider, uh, they've actually signed a, a deal with the UFC to become their global official uh, fight kit partner, which basically means that the Crypto.com logo is going to be placed on a UFC uh, apparel being worn by athletes um, you know, when, when they fight in competitions. And so it's going to attract significant visibility to the crypto.com brand, especially when you, you look at the fact that the UFC has more than 625 million people 
um, in its fan base and over 150 million social media followers. So it's it's certainly going to be another big push to help uh, you know, increase awareness of uh, this this company in the mainstream. Much like you know we heard about FTX doing last week with their deal with Major League Baseball. The state of Wyoming, which uh, considers themselves very crypto friendly, has approved the first legally recognized decentralized autonomous organization or DAO in the United States. The crypto Fed DAO, as it's called. Uh, received notice from the Wyoming Secretary of the State's office on Tuesday, recognizing it as a legal entity. The American Crypto Fed DAO was established uh, by a mobile banking solutions provider called MShift uh, at, the, at the beginning of the month. And the project describes its mission as promoting a two-token economy that's immune from inflationary or deflationary influences. And interestingly, they've, it's been built on top of the EOS blockchain, which uh, although is uh, one of the larger third-generation uh, blockchains, blockchain platforms, it's certainly not as widely used as you know, or as, as popular as Ethereum and some of these other ones that are up and coming like uh, you know, Polkadot, Binance Smart Chain and so on and so forth. So uh, again, where, whether that we'll start to see a trend of more DAOs on ES remains to be seen. The Indian IT giant uh, Tech Mahindra is working with a blockchain startup called Startwig for a, a, a blockchain product for tracing the global vaccine supply chains. The intent here, of course, is to provide greater transparency and prevent failures in uh, vaccine supply, including uh, the distribution of expired vaccines and uh, address things like counterfeiting in, in the process. The two companies are going to work with a global network of vaccine research governments, pharmaceutical companies, distributors and healthcare workers in, in order to achieve this goal. IBM and uh, Haifa International have announced that they're going to assist the Honduras farmers uh, to access the global markets using the blockchain. Um, so small uh, coffee and cocoa farmers in Honduras are going to be able to uh, make use of IBM's blockchain platform along with the nonprofit Hafer International. The idea is, is that people purchasing cocoa through Hafer's Honduras Chocolate for All project will be able to trace the provenance of goods using IBM's Food Trust. Uh, IBM's Food Trust is uh, a, a dedicated supply chain blockchain that IBM have created that's focused on tracking food through supply chains. And so again, it's it's it's, it's um, you know, gradually getting more and more traction um, for you know that specific purpose. Also, on a related note, uh, that CIBC, NatWest, and. Uh National Australia Bank and uh, Itao Unibanco have partnered to launch Project Carbon, which is a voluntary carbon marketplace. The idea here is that it will help the bank's clients to achieve a net zero carbon goal. There's there's lots of commitments to make different jurisdictions reduce their carbon emissions uh, as per the Paris Agreement, which uh, is, is looking for fairly aggressive cuts by 2030. And uh, other organisations too are talking about this, this goal of transitioning to net zero by 2050. And so the you know, the intent here is that these banks will work together in consortium to actually um, you know, make make it more accessible for people to tap into the carbon offsets uh, markets. It's planned to be launched in August and is going to be running on a private Ethereum platform. Also, the Swiss crypto bank uh, Signum has launched a Ethereum 2 staking service. Apparently, they, they claim to be the first bank to actually offer this service. And the idea is that you can stake your Ether with uh, and see a return of up to 7% uh, annually with that. And of course, this number goes down the more people are, that, that are staking there. Didn't actually say whether the ETH can be withdrawn or not, but typically it's not possible um, because of 
you know once once people actually stake ETH, if they're doing it without going through a third party, it's, it's it's impossible to unstake it, so to speak. So certainly, when people want to get those returns, they will need to be locking it up and, and until until the the cut over to Ethereum's beacon chain goes live, which is expected uh, in the first quarter of next year. EY have also announced the release of Nightfall V3, which is the latest iteration of the Nightfall protocol, which was first released in 2019. Nightfall combines zero knowledge proofs and optimistic rollups to give organizations capabilities for uh, transacting using the uh, Ethereum mainnet behind the scenes, but without actually uh, putting details of what those transactions are. Um, and so th this is this is something that uh, EY are very keen on seeing is greater adoption of the main public Ethereum network by enterprises, but they need to have sufficient, uh, they need to have controls over how much it will cost. Um, and so it needs to be as efficient as possible possible, but also they need to be able to handle significant volumes as well, but in a, in a secure way where the information about the transactions that are taking place is not actually visible to uh, other participants. And so this is a, a this is this is something that they've been working on for some time with Nightfall. Um, they're putting it out there into the public domain because they they really you know believe in the power of the technology, but also how important it is to share the work that they're doing in order to just you know, help help bring forward uh, the, the overall adoption of the technology. The Ethereum London hard fork is uh, now scheduled for early August. The London um, hard fork for Ethereum is is you know, there's a, a, a lot of uh, talk about it because it's the one that implements EIP-1559, which is the one that will start burning some of the transaction costs that, that people pay to the Ethereum network in order to actually to bring down the fees and make it fairer for people actually trying to participate in the network. The, we, we spoke previously about how some of the test networks had already been up, updated. Uh, and so the, the current anticipation now is that it'll be August the 4th that this upgrade happens. So it'll be a, a, a big piece of um, news for the Ethereum community when that does does happen. Like I said, transaction fees should go down, um, but also the um, you know, ether gets burnt in the process as well. Make, so it adds a slightly deflationary uh, uh, economics uh, to to the actual network there as well. The Sheedan project has secured the third parachain slot on the Kusama network. So the Sheedan is the sister project of um, the native layer two decentralized app hub called Astar Network, which was previously Plasm. They've won the third parachain auction for Polkadot's um, sister network, Kusama. They managed to secure a slot with a total of almost $29 million worth of the KSM tokens for that. The Sheedon platform is a smart contract platform which uh, offers multi-chain support for both the Ethereum virtual machine and WebAssembly-based contracts. And they're, they're planning to deliver layer two uh, scaling technology as well um, shortly too. So again, there's continuing to be more and more traction there uh, in terms of these, these parachain ch chain auctions uh, establishing the, the Kusaman network. The blockchain infrastructure provider, Alchemy, has announced a support for the Polygon network. We've spoken a few times about Alchemy previously that they've had some very success, successful fundraisers and also they added support for the Optimism Network for Ethereum and now they're also adding Polygon as well. So just uh, in, in recognition of the fact that there's a lot of interest and in people working with the Polygon Network, they're just trying to ensure that they support all of the major protocols that uh, different teams want to actually build on top of. Uh, Gitcoin have also announced that they, they've got, they're going to work with Tezos on a hackathon, which has got $75,000 uh, in prizes. This is off the back of uh, Tezos actually integrating 
integrating with the Gitcoin platform as well. And what uh, Gitcoin, of course, do is that they pro they provide funding and bounties for people's work for different blockchains. So seeing them starting to work with other blockchains outside of the Ethereum ecosystem is obviously a good thing for them and uh, the model that they have there. Moving on to DeFi news, uh, Aave, they've announced that they're planning to launch the permission version of their platform for institutional investors this month, which is a uh, called Aave Pro, but they're launching this in partnership with the, the crypto custodian and service provider Fireblocks. The intent here is that they'll support Bitcoin, Ether, uh, Aave and USDC. And, and in order to participate with lending uh, in those specific assets, uh, the your organization will have to have gone through KYC with Fireblocks in order to do this. Zirion, uh, they've managed to raise 8.2 million in a Series A funding round, which was uh, which which was led by Mosaic Ventures. Zerion is a DeFi portal uh, like Zapper that basically gives people an easy way to actually interact with uh, these DeFi protocols that um, you know be that the one the actual exchanges or ones for actually doing things like yield farming and so on. And so they've seen a lot of growth around those those people who are playing with the and, and investing in the DeFi markets there. So it's just a recognition of the you know, the, the interest there is in the, these these the space for actually making it more straightforward for people to work with and also manage the various DeFi positions. Moving on to NFT news, uh, the Million Doge Disco, uh, an augmented reality game has launched, which is a cross between uh, Dance Party and Pokemon Go, apparently, which encourages people to film themselves uh, dancing with animated Shiba Unos and then go treasure hunting around town in order to earn various Doge NFTs, as well as a, a prize from a pool of, of a million Doge coins too. It also comes with a proof of party mechanism which incentivizes users to upload their footage of themselves dancing with their doges and receive a dogecoin from community members. Decentraland, uh, they've also announced they're going to be hosting one of Ethereum's first music festivals on the platform. So Crypto's Second Life Sim will host To The Moon, which is a music and arts festival. It's a collaboration between uh, the NFT marketplace Known Origin, the NFT Tastemaker Collective, Illumino and uh, Bear NFT. It's going to be based at Known Origin's uh, virtual headquarters within Decentraland and will feature performances by a number of uh, electronic musical acts, um, including SNBRN, Fred Thirst, Autograph and Win and & Woo. And the organizers will be promoting exclusive NFT uh, goodies. And of course, people who attend will uh, receive a virtual Pope, which is a proof of attendance uh, protocol token. We spoke previously as well about uh, Beeple's latest project, uh, an NFT of uh, the, the former Wimbledon champion, Andrew Murray, has sold for $177,777. So this was on the Wii New platform that uh, Beeple's been involved in, and they've, they've basically turned the moment of Andy Murray's win at Wimbledon from 2013 into an NFT. The NFT sales volume, some numbers came out as well about uh, the, the volumes that we'd seen sold over the first half of 2021, and that actually totaled 10,000 to 20,000 every week since March, while the, with buyers actually outnumbering sellers. The, the volumes reached two and a half billion in the first half of 2021, which was according to a, a, a Reuters report. You know, going by what uh, the non-fungible marketplace has said, and of course, we, you know, we report our weekly metrics uh, on, on this from that platform, 
2.2 and they've shown that the, the interest doesn't seem to be dying down as such, even though, of course, the amount that they're exchanging hands for has, has certainly dropped since the, the peak we saw a couple of months back. Also in Israel, there's been a, an announcement that an NFT is being created of the presidential oath, which will be given to the incoming president, Isaac Herzog, ahead of his inauguration. Uh, the original oath was actually signed by his father in uh, 1983, and the, the idea behind the NFT it was the emerging of the past and present, combining a historical oath with modern technology. Uh, the president-elect will look after the NFT during his time in office, and it will be kept in closed storage on a, a crypto hardware wallet that is not, which is obviously offline. Finally, we've seen a CryptoPunk NFT enter into a major art museum. One of the CryptoPunks was given to Miami's Institute of Contemporary Art by trustee Eduardo Barillo. Uh, apparently, it's the first NFT to enter a major art collection. And so this is CryptoPunk 5293, which will join the ICA Miami collection. Um, that is a work that's representative of the cultural zeitgeist and will have historical significance for generations to come, apparently. So moving on to our metrics, uh, the crypto market cap has remained somewhat stable over the last week and is still at uh, 1.4 trillion. Assets locked in DeFi are up 4% to 55 billion. The seven-day NFT sales, um, we, we've seen just under 25 million of sales, which is up uh, almost 14% from last week with an average price of $1,000, which is a big increase of uh, 41%. That's all we have for this week. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. Links to all items discussed are available in the show notes and at our website, weekendblockchain.com. We're also hosting a weekly clubhouse room every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. GMT, if you'd like to discuss any of the items we've covered here. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.